With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the new shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site Land Grant Holy Land. We talk all things Ohio State football and talk to and about other women in Buckeye athletics and beyond. I'm your host, Tia Williams. And I'm your other host, Meredith Hine. You can follow me on Twitter at Tia Williams, that's Tia with three A's, Meredith at Meredith Hine, and of course the site at Land Grant 33. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode nine of our podcast. If you've been following the news, it's going to be pretty obvious what we have on our agenda today. But before we jump into that, Tia, are you excited for the Wisconsin game this Saturday? Yeah, I don't know if excited is the word I would use. I'm like the most nervous Ohio State fan you've ever met. Um, And so facing the number one total defense in the country is making me a little anxious, but I think Ohio State will pull through. What do you think? I mean, the good news is, you know, they have the number one total defense. We're not too far behind. We have the number two total defense. (laughs) And frankly, I think that Wisconsin has gotten exposed in the last couple weeks. Obviously, don't want to play them the week after they lose on a last second field goal to Illinois. But I'm sure that Ryan Day and company are putting together a game plan to help exploit some of those weaknesses that we have seen. Really, it's not just against Illinois, but uh, kind of throughout the season, Wisconsin played very close against Northwestern at home to score one offensive touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be the toughest test of the year, but I think Ohio State will come out on top. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I don't think we should sleep on them because they lost Illinois. Like you said, I think they're kind of out for a rebound. They... They're angry. They need to prove themselves. And Ohio State's definitely a way to prove themselves. So we'll see. But let's get into why we're all really here. I'm sure you've all heard. But just in case you haven't, I will recap it for you. Sports Illustrated reporter Stephanie Apstein, um, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, she tweeted that Astros assistant general manager Brandon Taubman, uh, he turned to some female reporters, one of whom was wearing a domestic violence bracelet during the Astros ALCS celebration in the Astros clubhouse. And he yelled half a dozen times at the female reporters, thank God we got Osuna. I'm so effing glad we got Osuna. So context. Brandon was referring to pitcher Roberto Osuna, whom the Astros picked up after he was arrested on domestic violence charges in 2018 for allegedly assaulting the mother of his child. Um, And charges were ultimately dropped, but he still violated the MLB's domestic violence policy and served a 75-game suspension. And before his suspension was up, the Astros added him to their team. Um, And so... It's also worth mentioning that none of these reporters asked a single question about Osuna. In fact, he pitched pretty poorly in the game prior, and it wasn't like anyone was debating or arguing the fact that Osuna was on the team. So anyway, after 
Epstein tweeted that. The Astros released a statement calling it an attempt to fabricate a story where one does not exist. Until Sports Illustrated and other reporters who were present during the incident backed her up, which then led to the general, the assistant general manager issuing an apology. Meredith, thoughts on this apology? Because I know I have quite a few. So I'm just going to read the statement real quick. This is the apology statement. This past Saturday, during our clubhouse celebration, I used inappropriate language for which I am deeply sorry and embarrassed. In retrospect, I realized that my comments were unprofessional and inappropriate. My over-exuberance in support of a player has been misinterpreted as a demonstration of a regressive attitude about an important social issues. Those that know me know that I am a progressive and charitable member of the community and a loving and committed husband and father. I hope that those who do not know me understand that the Sports Illustrated article does not reflect who I am or my values. I am sorry if anyone was offended by my actions. Yeah, this was, it was pretty gross to me. I mean... You know, he had to issue an apology. The apology itself, I mean, it's mediocre at best. Like, it's very much an attempt to, you know, defend his own character instead of, like, raise awareness of this issue and, you know, basically acknowledge his total ignorance of what happened. But, you know, this is also, unfortunately, like, not net new behavior. Just think about Kareem Hunt going to the Browns while he was, on suspension and you know everyone it was so easy to applaud the Chiefs and applaud Andy Reid who always has you know led his teams with such a great we'll we'll call it moral character and he like immediately as soon as this news about Kareem Hunt came out he dropped him and then you have teams like I'm a Browns fan and this breaks my heart but you have teams like the Browns that immediately pick someone up Um, and the Astros obviously had kind of the same mentality where it was it was okay that this guy had this really black mark on his record. And frankly, it seemed like we we should have been talking about this when he was starting his 75 game suspension and when the Astros did pick him up. Right. Yeah. And I think you have to put yourself in these women's shoes. Like if you're sitting there thinking like, oh, they picked him up. So what? Well, let's say, you know, he did what they're saying he did. And you're a woman reporter in that locker room. Somebody who does that has zero respect for women. And you are in their presence every day on the job. It's not fair. And so that's why I think that woman did wear the band, you know, like saying this is not okay. And then in his apology for him to pull the whole like loving and committed husband and father card, like that is neither here nor there. That needs to end. I am yeah, so sick of men. For you. Yeah, I am so sick of men using that. Like, oh, I have a daughter. Okay. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean you didn't just scream that at these women that are working. One, um, one thing I did want to point out is that the MLB also put out an apology. And I actually, they, you know, immediately like reprimanded the situation. And I just want to you know, there's obviously things that could have been done better. But shout out to the MLB for like having a much more stringent domestic abuse policy and being like, you know, these charges were dropped, but we're still going to hold you accountable for the 75 game suspension. And then again, being able to jump in. I know the World Series is happening now for (laughs) if there's any baseball fans among you. But, uh, you know, the MLB has traditionally been one of these more progressive leagues. I think them and the NBA really set the standard in terms of, you know, how you're responding to a lot of these issues. Yeah, the MLB, I feel, has handled it pretty well. 
The Astros have dug themselves into a hole um, specifically because they issued that initial statement discrediting Stephanie and Sports Illustrated before they even got accounts from both sides, which they still have not apologized for. They literally called her unprofessional, and we have heard crickets from them. So I'd like to see something from them regarding that. And it gets worse. It's come out that Taubman, the assistant general manager, had complained about one of the female reporters before this outburst. And it was the woman wearing the purple domestic violence awareness band during the celebration. And She had tweeted out the number, the phone number to a domestic violence hotline when Osuna appeared in an Astros game, which is amazing. And he criticized her for it. Can you imagine criticizing someone for tweeting this phone number out that saves women's lives daily because you put a potentially domestic abuser on your team and we're supposed to take his apology seriously i just i can't do it you know the other thing here is like what how did this person get to the position that he is in now because you have to imagine that he had to have dealt with the media throughout his career on his rise to this position obviously he's attended all of these press conferences he's very he's familiar enough with the reporter to report her apparently um but like you have to have faced some sort of tough questions in your life and you can't be criticizing people for number one doing their job number one or number two calling you out because you did hire like you brought someone onto your team and are paying him uh who was literally serving a suspension for domestic abuse like People are going to call you out on that. People are going to hold you accountable. So the fact that he sort of like he was upset about that is just kind of ridiculous. And then most of all, like to your point, she was doing a service for women and children across the country who are being abused and who need these services. And so just to be critiqued for that is yeah. absurd. And I want to highlight something else that you talked about at the very beginning about Stephanie and really this kind of this extremely lame attempt to discredit her. And this also is nothing that's new. For those of you who listen to my favorite murder, it's one of my other favorite podcasts. (laughs) Um, The hosts were actually talking about a case in which a potential witness was labeled as crazy. And therefore, everything that she said was sort of discredited. And you see that a lot with women today, and not to hit too close to home. But we saw that with the situation with Zach Smith, and Ohio State football last season, it was pretty immediate that the response became, oh, she's crazy. She like her mental health, like she's unstable as a, and so therefore can't be trusted as opposed to, you know, even giving any sort of benefit of the doubt to her um, as a potential victim of abuse. So I don't yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on that or if you've seen other similar examples. Oh, for sure. I I see this in every single case when it comes to athletes or coaches. Fan bases are crazy. And so I can't really think of a specific example, but I guess one that hits close to home is Ezekiel Elliott. And he had that charge. I can't remember. I think it was domestic abuse. And it was, yeah. It was like everybody decided that this girl was lying or or she was wanting money from him or, you know, that she was crazy. And I'm just like, we need to forget that these guys are athletes and that they're playing for your team. There is a 
bigger picture here. And of course, the immediate follow up comment is something to the effect of, well, now our football season is ruined. Or like I said, they're trying to take down Ohio State or she's trying to take down Urban Meyer. Right. Uh, What ridiculous things to think. Like to think that a victim of abuse has an agenda and that your desire to have a winning football team somehow trumps the need to have, you know, women feel safe at home. Yeah, even with um, Antonio Brown recently, when that woman came out, the the trainer, yeah, she came out and, you know, said what he did to her. And everybody's like, Oh, well, why is she just now coming out? Why is she just now saying this? And oh my gosh, it's like, what makes you think that that is an easy thing to do? I mean, I think that the bottom line here is like, when you victim shame, when you're trying to make something the fault of the accuser, because it's easier to live in your paradigm where your sports team is winning and everything is happy. Um, you're to your point, you're preventing other victims of domestic violence from coming forward and seeking help. Exactly. Um, because if that's the reaction that, you know, someone gets for reporting assault or reporting other issues, like why would anyone choose to come forward? And so I just applaud the women who are raising their voices, specifically the reporters at this Astros game who witnessed this incident because they're not letting this die and they're making this issue a big one that we all have to pay attention to. In terms of next steps for the Astros, I don't work for the organization. I don't know what they're planning on doing. But I mean, I also I've never heard of this Tobman person before. Uh, I don't know how important he is. But he's someone who's obviously brought a lot of problems to the organization just by his actions and maybe firing him, maybe retracting their statement that this out of Stephanie um, and maybe just issuing a better apology that's less less self-centered for the moment. I'll be a Nationals fan, even though I don't necessarily watch baseball. We're going to move on to something more positive after our break, so stay with us. Okay, first up on our positive list of things that are happening for women in sports, Jenna Schroeder just became the fourth woman to join the NBA's referee staff. Go, Jenna! (laughs) She was promoted Tuesday by the NBA to full-time official status, which makes her the fourth woman on the league's current referee staff list and the sixth in league history. Before this promotion, she refed in college, the WNBA, and the G League. Yes, and like you said before, the NBA is just really kicking butt in this realm. And in my opinion, they're doing better than any other league in the nation. They've hired more women on coaching staffs, front office, and now obviously refereeing. And I like what Jenna said about kind of becoming a trendsetter in this industry. And she said, I think you have to promote things like this because otherwise people wouldn't hear about it and it would still be an anomaly. And she said, if we hadn't heard of the five women who came before her refing in the league, we'd all still be wondering if it's it's possible or if it's a thing and she wants to be a part of that absolutely incredible um i think we all remember when the first nfl female nfl official was on the field was it two years ago she's still she's still officiating yeah. her name is sarah thomas shout out to sarah Tom- <laughs> despite the nfl's troubles with officiating this season she is a rock next up on positive news several players on the burlington vermont high school women's soccer team after scoring a goal with less than five minutes to play in the match they turned to the stands, removed the tops of their uniforms, and revealed custom-made shirts with the words equal pay. For context, the hashtag, hashtag equal pay is an effort to join with the U.S. women's national soccer team in advocating for gender equality in sports. Unfortunately, for 
for the Burlington soccer team. Anyone who does remove her jersey during a game earns an automatic yellow card. So yeah, that's you the, know, that's the bummer. maybe not the best move for the game <laughs> itself, but for the the big overall picture, it was still very cool. Yeah, they ultimately lost the game, um, but I definitely say it was worth it. <laughs> Did the yellow cards have anything to do with it? <laughs> I don't know. I am not a soccer connoisseur, but um, as the referees issued the yellow cards to the four players, the crowd began chanting equal pay. And they were all wearing the same equal pay shirts, which the soccer team had sold more than 500 of in a fundraising campaign. And just as I was kind of scrolling through social media, I guess the senator and his wife of Vermont took a picture in the shirts. Um, The men's soccer team wore the shirts in their game. And you can actually buy one yourself. Um, so Burlington Schools Twitter account tweeted out a link. They're at BTV Schools, and all proceeds go towards helping diversify the Greater Burlington Girls Soccer League. So that's pretty awesome, and I kind of want one. <laughs> so that is all we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Meredith and I discuss all things positive and negative for women in sports. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia Williams, T-I-A-A-A Williams, Meredith at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll be back next Thursday and every Thursday after that with new shows. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.